Hello to all you survivors out there in the wasteland. We're transmitting from our hermetically sealed bunker beneath the nation's capital, and thank you for joining us on whatever scavenged receiver you've got going today. I'm Evan May, author of The King in Darkness and Bonhomme Satire. And I'm Brandon Crilly, Ottawa-based author of science fiction and fantasy. Our cozy little bunker is keeping us safe from the world outside where skeletal deer... Nope. What do you mean, no? I, I refuse. I am not encouraging any more skeletal deer... I, they're kind of cute, actually. Doubtful. You're going to make Prancy sad. <sighs> Are the wards still in place? Well, we'll find out. But in the meantime, we've got other survivors to talk to and art to discuss. Right. Good. Here's who will be joining us in the bunker today. Hi, my name is Katie Brisky. I'm a fantasy author and podcaster. Uh, my short fiction has appeared in Lightspeed and Nightmare and Augur, among others. And I am also the co-chair of the Ephemera Reading Series. And a weird fact about me is that I am the lead song human at CanCon. My name is Courtney Fernandez. I'm a YA fantasy writer and a programmer for CanCon. And I went to school with Brandon Nemesis. We're both really looking forward to our conversation today and just as excited that we get to share it with you. Gather around, survivors, and welcome to broadcasts from the wasteland. And it sends it out to all those places. And oh. if Courtney subscribed to your feed, she doesn't have to go to Apple every time there's a new episode. It just goes boom, and it sends it straight to her. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that that's convenient. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> My day Yay. job recently, our RSS feed broke. And so oh. that sucked because it did not go to itunes or stitcher or google or yeah it went to amazon weirdly amazon controls everything really is what it went down to that was interesting um but yes i had to to fix it okay interesting by which i mean i was i emailed libsyn and was like our feed is broken (laughs) (laughs) fix it for me you need to fix it (laughs) nice (laughs) i like it interesting so how's it going it's, it's good. How are you guys? All of you? Good. Good. We were, we were yeah, hanging in. We were talking about um, online communities um, and uh, Courtney's fascination with TikTok. <laughs> and, and yes, which she understands and also understands Snapchat. Because oh, I, yeah, I, I yeah. was going to say, no, 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 no. I never said I understood. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was profoundly relaxing for me. I I can't remember whether it was Snapchat or, or WhatsApp. When, when it came out to just realize, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is for, but that's fine. Cause it's not for me. It's for the youth. And I just yeah. let it go <laughs> and I never think about them. Yeah. My, my yeah. fascination with, with Snapchat was specifically why it got so popular. Um, and it, it really followed a, a kind of um, reactionary artistic movement uh, to Instagram and the like, what do they call it? The um, I don't know, the whole curated thing 
about Instagram, every, every picture you take has to be perfect. And if it's not, you know, Instagram worthy, it's not good enough. Does it? Because if so, I'm fucking up hard on Instagram. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think uh, Snapchat got really popular because it was just fun. You just take like stupid photos of yourself if you're, you know, young. Um, you take stupid photos of yourself and send them to your friends and they self-destruct and, you know, you don't, you don't have to live with like a bad selfie that's now on your page forever. I was going to say, isn't a big appeal of Snapchat that things don't last? Exactly. Right. And they actually don't last, not like... Well, I'm sure they do last somewhere. Well, you can always be yeah. in this forever. Like. Yeah, okay. Like, 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 okay, so it... Okay, so it was directly in response to Instagram, because I can vaguely recall yeah. when all of a sudden all my students started talking about Snapchat, and, and then it just seemed, it was like it had been there forever, just like TikTok showed up, and it seemed like it had been there forever. Um, but it was in response to Instagram. I burned my Instagram to the ground. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, like, I knew you were off temporarily, but you're, you're gone completely, eh? I'm never coming back. <laughs> you're not missing much. <laughs> it's better for my mental health, I think. That's fair. That's fair. I just always forget mine exists. Yeah, I barely think about mine. And, but but I, I will freely admit, and I don't know what this says about me, but um, I, I am manning my Instagram account to an extent. Some of what is showing up on my Instagram account now is not me. It's my assistant. I kid you not. Oh, because my God. I'm not even How kidding. How big time are you? Apparently, I'm you now time. need the warning on your social media that not all posts are actually from brand new. I, I, I need to put that. On. I haven't done it yet, but I need to put that on my. Instagram. And, and you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to come up with your indicator for when it's actually from you. Oh man, that this sounds even more complicated. Maybe it should just all be me. And some legalese. And some legalese. Yeah. I have to put legalese on the. Why do I have to put legalese on this crap? Well, Damn it! You need to. You need Flavor. to make it clear that. Do I have just because to... something's posted on on the Brandon Crilly Incorporated. <laughs> LLC social media page. It's not necessarily Brandon Curly saying something. So, My do I have to do that for Guinness? That's a good question. Wait, 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 hold on. Whoa. You're saying Guinness isn't operating his own Twitter? Yeah, I, hold on. Well, obviously not, not, actually all, from not all of his tweets. <laughs> oh. Not all of his tweets. <laughs> the hell is this? I feel like I'm a I know it's. I thought we were just a doing shock. a podcast. I didn't think I was going to have my illusion shattered tonight. I know it's like <laughs> always a really big shock for people. <laughs> I did see his. Was He's it, in his box. Is he? That doesn't surprise me. This latest. Oh, hello Guinness. Oh, hello Guinness. Nobody listening to this knows what the hell we're talking about. But... <laughs> no, this is fantastic radio. But we're all looking at Guinness the cat. Yeah. Uh, who? Uh, well, Guinness hosted a. Uh, a con last year did say, he guinness has become a weird online community what did yeah. you think that, that guinness con. is like the the cross-section of of your different communities yes <laughs> <laughs> and it's really interesting to see because you can sometimes track where they've all come from so yeah guinness is a weird mix of like sf twitter mm-hmm. and beer twitter and rpg twitter which i'm not even part of but one of my friends who is followed guinness and then it became a whole thing awesome um yeah he he gets around uh, yeah just a bit 
what was it? it was like his four-year anniversary or something like like a twitter anniversary yeah. the other day <laughs> like, i love it because like i got like when it comes to guinness and, and his twitter i imagine Just to clarify for people who maybe don't know who guinness, oh, that, guinness that, is my yeah. incredibly famous cat <laughs> that you <laughs> that you all know clearly but just as a disclaimer on, on the off chance yeah yeah for all yeah. for the 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 two listeners of our eight who don't know who guinness is yeah and you can um, find him at guinness is a cat and i highly suggest you follow him he, like he is delightful um but like so when you how did he end up with his own twitter account i don't think i've ever heard i i've never asked you this before <laughs> he got hurt when a, a toy broke and it really? hit him in the eye yeah and I felt really bad um and also I needed a place to dump cat photos that was not my own twitter because I was worried about flooding it right so I'd been meaning to do it and then when his eye got hurt and I was just so stricken with guilt I made him a twitter account <laughs> awesome <laughs> that's what I did yeah wow. and then it just kind of kept going okay it just kept going. Um, and I think he did develop a sort of voice and mythos and mm-hmm. brand, if you will. Um, that, although uh, I hate, I hate the word, but. So do I, but on it, but I was thinking about this earlier today, actually, that there is an element, whether it was intentional or not, that like Guinness is kind of one of the things that I think is unique to you come when it comes like for your social media. So he's kind of become like part of your I don't want to say like shtick because shtick is a sub brand kind of right. But it yeah. like, I don't think anybody else could do that because you have already have. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause the thing is though, I've seen people try. Right. And it, I'm, this is going to sound really arrogant, but it doesn't work as well. Because, well no, because, because yeah. they're not Guinness. <laughs> yeah. Guinness, it, there's a very particular, I think personality about him and, and the interactions between the two of you that really, really works so obviously people are going to try to copy that but you can't copy the original you you can use it as a starting point and find your own voice and your own thing yeah and i have seen people do that too mm-hmm. um there were there were quite a lot of attendees at guinness con i, I saw. was like yeah you're doing this twitter thing you have your own cat personality or pet personality mm-hmm. um, but yeah and it's interesting because you know he is a real cat has a personality so obviously it's fictionalized Mm -hmm. um obviously i'm sorry evan he he doesn't tweet as himself (laughs) but i mean it's not too far off the mark i think brandon you've at least met guinness like that's pretty much yeah that's that's how he is oh (laughs) yeah if guinness had a twitter tweet that's what he would be tweeting oh absolutely yeah without a doubt (laughs) he is a pest I love him though. <laughs> well, yeah, he is the best. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, but no, it totally matches what I expect him to be saying. Yeah. Um, but I find it like I find it funny because 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 they're like, I think like social media is weird in that like shtick kind of matters in a way. I think especially like a kind of an hour profession, mm-hmm. and and the best ones are the ones I again I, I hate calling it a shtick because it's not, but it like the ones that are just kind of natural. And, and people kind of jump onto it, right? Like, like for you, it, Guinness is so, part of that. Evan, it's that he's old. I don't know if I have one. I mean, the Time Lord thing. Maybe, but I'm not the only one calling myself a Time Lord. I'd say Sarah Gailey is really good at that that style of Twitter. Oh, yes, yes, yes they are. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just, I find it like social media, I still don't understand, probably because I'm old, but like, like I, the whole, like, the, I, like being purpose, like I'm not, I, being purposeful with social media, I think still escapes me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's um, like, it's just so great because it's, it, you can tell when it's authentic uh, yeah. and, and when it's, um, you know, trying to be a stick. Yeah, that's and that's why like I think like Katie, what, what you do with Guinness is phenomenal because it is very authentic. It's just my cat. That's just yeah, that's it, right? Breaking yeah. stuff and stealing food. That's, that's what he. That's what he does. He Waking does love his best life. <laughs> He's still in his box. Of course he is. Um, but yeah, what I find particularly interesting with Guinness though mm. is is the little community that's built up around him mm-hmm. um, because that is not something I anticipated. No way. Um, no, no, I really, I was just trying to dump cat photos. <laughs> and also, and I think this is maybe key, I thought it was funny. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, as you say, people just kind of jump aboard, but it it starts to become its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I said earlier about like a mythos, because yeah, you have these kind of recurring elements, like, you know, he's got his blankie and he's got his boxes and he likes to steal things um, and he's a good and pretty boy. And, <laughs> and you know, you start to get people sit, like telling him that he's good and pretty or asking about his box or his blankie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. Like, it's almost like the way, it almost feels like the way people will interact or, or, or perceive that they're interacting with a fictional character, but it's weird because Guinness is not fictional because he exists. He's like a weird in-between because he does exist, but I would still argue that the version of Guinness that appears on Twitter is a fictionalized version again, because he can't, he can't actually tweet. Right. Right. Like I am still scripting words to put in his mouth. Right. Um, so yeah, he's, he's kind of both. Yeah. And I, I look at him sometimes, like, especially during Guinness con, mm-hmm. um, and you know he he's a cat (laughs) (laughs) so like all of the stuff is happening and all of these people are jumping in and contributing and having panels and i'm just looking at him going you have no idea none (laughs) yeah he's become a phenomenon and he he, yeah he can't conceptualize of it this is getting i i feel like i should have gotten myself a tea with actual caffeine in it if this was the talk we were going to be having getting deep yeah um, I will say though, I yeah. am fairly intentional with with certain aspects of it. Yeah. Um, and this was particularly important during Guinness Con. Um, Guinness is very much about self love and mental health. Mm. And I realized with Guinness Con, I I can never. I always have to do it on a weekend. I think because it was a a. I didn't want anyone to come away thinking Guinness didn't come to my panel. Oh, wow. Or Guinness, Guinness didn't like my introductory tweet. Like it, right. It's so important for me and particularly for that event that everyone felt included and everyone felt seen and everyone felt part of it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really touching. It was such a good day. I loved it. Um, but, amazing. but that was a very deliberate choice. Yeah. Right. And Guinness as being a source of encouragement and support for people is also very intentional. Like I never want right. someone reaching out in good faith to ever feel bad about doing that. 
People right. reaching out in bad faith, different story. But if you're reaching well, yeah. out in good faith, yeah, I never want you to feel like dumb or silly or or to think, mm. oh, I wish I wish I hadn't raised my hand. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, I never want someone any interaction. It's not just Guinness. I mean, I think we'll talk about this later too, but it leads over into ephemera. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes it and that like that's that, like we talked about this before, but I think kind of one of the one of the reasons why we wanted to get both of you, I was gonna say in the same room but you know whatever in the same zoom in the same zoom nice. <laughs> ah. oh sorry the recording failed um no, uh, <laughs> no the, the reason why we wanted to get both of you together at the same time is yes yeah, to talk about that whole like like building community and and bring people together and stuff and i think that that hits on on what you're talking about this idea of like intentionally trying to make sure that people are brought in as opposed to like sorry like brought in as opposed to kind of pushed out again with caveats because you know you don't want to bring in nazis or anything but evan evan is mocking my hand use i'm trying to say something <laughs> like i'm trying to actually use my words you asshole and it shows up so well in audio the physical <laughs> comedy well it wouldn't it. have if brandon had just you know been able just to persevere talking. through I mean, it but, yeah. i mean something i actually learned in museums mm. that changed how i interpret and actually has changed how i just interact with people in general is the principle of include and elevate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of us have talked about this before, but yeah, the idea being that very same thing, you never want someone to regret putting up their hand. Mm-hmm. So in a museum program, you're bringing everyone in. Um, and you're also making them feel better when they leave than when they came. Mm-hmm. Like you also don't want someone to feel put down. Like if someone comes up at a con and you know they... I don't know, they're a new writer or whatever. You never want to be like, oh, well, you know. That's, I, like, I you can't... have never been published. So I was like, oh, hey, cool. Like you're, you want to learn things. Yeah. That's great. You're here. I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like you. Yeah, being excited about new people. Yeah, and about what they're doing and, and helping them to see that you're excited that mm-hmm. they're there. Yeah, no, I hear that because I mean, it, like, I've I've never understood the mentality, which I know I've, I know it's rampant in the industry, but I've never understood the mentality of of that. Like, you know, oh, you know, you're you're a newbie. I don't want to talk to you. Like, why would I? Like, it, it, it doesn't matter where you are in your publishing career. If you're a cool person, I want to talk to you. Like, I don't give a shit about what your accomplishments are. It sounds like, like an insecurity. The people who would think that way. Um, I, I can only imagine that they're just not secure in what they have done. Mm. So, yeah, you know, if someone is below you, you can't be the bottom. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Yeah. It's a weird, I don't know. It's a weird mindset. And I, I feel like we hang out, <laughs> all of us, we, we hang out with um, people who are not like that. So yeah. it's extra weird for us. Yeah. 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 Do you ever feel like, like, like because yeah, like I think you're right, Courtney. That, that we hang out with people that are, for the most part, pretty inclusive, right? Like, like and I was brought into to CanCon by people who are pretty inclusive, mm-hmm. um, and 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 supportive and and all that. So I, I like I often forget that that's not how it is elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. do you ever have the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the in particular CanCon and the the community around it. Um, yeah, it, it seems designed this way, mm-hmm. right? From uh, from every 
every part of it is is designed with this um, excitement uh, woven into it for mm -hmm. um, bringing people in and getting new ideas and um, yeah, like 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 you said, Katie, like never being never making someone ashamed to uh, to put up their hand. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I I think you can feel that in the way things are designed or the way people talk. It's hard to put, put my finger on it, but mm -hmm. I, I still remember. I still remember my first game. Okay, good. Um, yeah, and it's great uh, and and wild to be in a space that um, you don't you don't get that whole like, oh, you? Oh, I don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. you there, there isn't any of that. Everybody's a little bit shy and awkward, sure, but... <laughs> Um, but nobody holds it against you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And, and I've been in other spaces where I did not feel that or there, where there was a distinct absence of that welcoming feeling. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and I think something that CanCon does particularly well is sets out the expectations quite clearly and upholds them incredibly consistently. Mm -hmm. I, we try well, to. People know. Well, I mean, from the outside, yeah. um, and certainly it's been it's been a model, mm -hmm. like for how ephemera functions. Mm -hmm. But kind of laying out that expectation of behavior and mm -hmm. interaction, so you know going in that that like oh I don't want to talk to you thing like that's not that's not in line with what this event is about you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I mean, it, I, I like it seems it seems to have been working out. I think. Mean, like one, I know one of the concerns for us, um, and I think that's like, I, I mean, I was come up like since Cordy, since you and Aaron and, and the rest of the team, like since we expanded it, but the concern as CanCon has grown that, you know, the more people you have, the more you're at risk of losing that vibe. Cause it kind of like, it's, it's, there's variables that you can't control. Like when you go from being a, a 400 person event to like a 900 person event, mm -hmm. then it, it's gonna fracture and it's gonna splinter and, and you're gonna lose that. And so luckily we haven't lost it yet. But at the same time, like you want the con to be successful, which kind of means more people. And so it's this weird like line that we've tried to walk. I mean, I guess some of it too might be trusting the community that, community that you've built to themselves mm. carry that atmosphere forth, right? Yeah, that's so a good point. So if you've got those 400 people that kind of know how, know the house rules. Yeah. And then you add 400 more. And yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. starting to get into some kind of song. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, can we have an official CanCon song? Evan, can we have an official CanCon song? I feel like this is more a Marie thing. I think Marie would say yes. Well, Marie would 100% Mar say yes. I don't, I don't know if my phone on me, otherwise I would text her right now. I have my phone. Katie, text Marie. I will text Marie. <laughs> this is like the second time we've done this. It is. So Actually, the last time Katie was recurring we were texting Marie. Yeah, this is a recurring segment now of uh, texting Marie as we're recording uh, podcast from the wasteland. Yeah, and so and the the result from the last time was was um, lab coats and lab coats, and so I'm I'm excited oh my to gosh, see yeah. which we never got. I'm just saying. That yeah, that's true. Where are my goats? The song can have goats. The song it, it better have goats. Not that <laughs> I'm putting any restrictions on the song. Um, okay, while while Katie is is. Uh, is texting Marie. Um, I just texted her. Perfect. One of the, like, it, I, I want to come back to this idea of like, you know, like making sure that nobody, nobody feels awkward, you know, putting their hand up, we want the inclusion and whatnot. 
the one the thing that I it took me like I, I still struggle with to be honest and, and and I know when I first got on programming was like we like I know for for CanCon specifically and I'm wondering if, if ephemera is if you've had the same thing we get a flood of ideas right mm-hmm. um and and we can't use them all um and like sometimes it's like okay you know they, like we'll get an idea for a panel it's like you know that's a great idea but we did almost that exact panel last year and so we, we don't want to repeat it or or we'll get like like we try to hit um as many different spheres as we can and so we have like like panels like queer fantasy we have panels like like the caribbean diaspora one that we did and 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 whatever you know we'll get you know say a dozen or two dozen or whatever like really awesome queer focused panels and, we, and we, there's no way we can use them all and 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 i'm always like I, I am forever uncomfortable with, with this idea of like, okay, I have all these great ideas and I have to say no to some of them. And, and that I, that one idea that I get from so-and-so like probably matters quite a bit to them. And, the, and I don't like the, it, it's a combination of optics, but also like, like, I, you know, inclusion and balancing and, and, and whatnot. And, and so, and I still haven't wrapped my head around the That's part trip, of the I job think. though. It's almost like, hold on, that's Marie. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I Marie love that says, telegram kind of noise. Marie that was says, Katie, you know the answer is in your heart. That's not a yes. But the answer in my heart is a yes. Okay, so so yeah, okay, so we, we got a song then. So yes, I will tell them. Did you mention that we're all involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> no. Perfect. It'll be a surprise when she listens to the episode. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean to be honest, it kind of sounds like an editor having to put together a yeah. magazine issue, right? You can't, you can't take every story. Right. Um, you can't take every story. She has lots of hearts is her answer. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and a dancing person. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, you can't take every story. You can't take every story that you fall in love with that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the stories have to play nicely together. Right. Um, you might have just run as you say a werewolf story last month and this is an amazing phenomenal werewolf story but you can't you just did it so like I feel the pain but I think it's I think that's also part of it is that like as inclusively focused and intentional as possible curation Mm -hmm. um I don't know if you were asking if ephemera deals with the same thing I don't know if that question like got I I, I think it was in there in the middle of my ramble I tend to do that. <laughs> um, but like, I think it's a little bit different because yeah. uh, I mean, we have three readers and a performer every single month. Right. So, so it's a little different in terms of scope. Is that what you're getting at or? Hold on, Marie. Um, <laughs> you are now lead song human. Go to it. Use your power wisely. Katie, I you're just, back on the con con. I just use as you see fit. Even right. better. Katie, you're back on. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. Um, I guess it's more in terms of the like floods of ideas thing because mm-hmm. I mean we do have people that have like requested to be part of it, but I think we have like just because of sheer numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of the themes and stuff, we really do just kind of like, throw words back and forth at each other. Right. Um, for the like birthday party one, we did we do have a few things that people voted for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh yeah, that's, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, joy was one of them, so that's coming up. What was our last? Oh, friendship. I was like, what was the thing we just <laughs> did like three days ago? Um, <laughs> friendship. That was one hey. of the ones that people voted for. 
friendship is a good theme. I, the theme, like, as much as, you know, it's kind of banding words around, the themes are awesome because I find, like, they, I find they tend to be very upbeat, which is nice. That's, we meant to do that, yes. <laughs> I figured that was intentional, but it, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it, it's death. So much death. Misery. <laughs> you didn't go with my, uh, my suggestion, Katie, for the February edition? No. Do you remember it? No. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What was it? <laughs> Was it um, I, I thought it would have been really funny if uh, the, the February one had been their ephemera's first erotica reading. I <laughs> really <laughs> we went with friendship. Skeletal Deer Erotica is oh Jesus, surely it exists on the internet. Field. I'm sure. Oh <laughs> man, I'm positive that it does. Also, I saw that skeletal deer tweet the other day, Katie. Which by the time this airs, will have been like two months ago, but. Something about, oh no, it was about deer eating humans. Yeah, it was a deer with yeah, a human rib in its mouth one. or something. Is that an old one? Yeah, um, on a body farm, which is where they oh, yeah. leave human bodies to study decomposition. You can mm -hmm. donate your body to it. Um, they set up a trail cam to see what would come along and eat them, and a deer did. Why, why would it do that? I don't understand. Protein. <laughs> um, I saw... Okay, there's actually been two horrifying deer tweets that I just have not reshared because I'm like, these are too horrifying, I think. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is your limit of horrifying deer stuff? Um, well, one of them was a deer had been in a fight with another deer. Oh, no. And like their antlers had gotten locked together. But I guess at one point, one of the deer had died and then somehow the rest of its body had fallen off. So it was a deer walking around with a severed deer head stuck to its antlers. Oh no. Uh, and that was that's kind cool of thing. my limit Yeah. for things I will reshare. Um, no, that's fair. That, that's and then hard. there was one with been reshared. a deer with something, basically it's cornea got hairy. Uh... And I was also like, eye stuff is gross. <laughs> Jesus. So. Ah. For your listening pleasure. Horrifying <laughs> deer fight. Uh, there's fine deer fight. Yeah, there's, there's an explicit rating on this one. It's fine. There's a surprising number. Um, but yeah, anyway, with themes, I oh, don't yeah. know, like they are broad intentionally mm -hmm. and they are upbeat intentionally. Um, and they do kind of serve almost more for us in some ways mm. as a way to guide like the land acknowledgement and right. um, like the audience participation. I like Dang. the little head shimmy. It's a dance. <laughs> I'm the lead song human. I have to communicate through music and dance now. I expect that <laughs> all the time now. Okay. Just to be clear. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, Our cool. next theme is joy. Bear, bear in mind, this by the, night, by the time this airs, you'll have gone through several themes, so... Then people can listen back and go, I remember when they did Joy. Right, yeah, Joy was great. It was joyful. Since this won't air until after it has happened, can you tell us who the readers are? Yes, I can. <laughs> do you know who the readers are? Um, yes, I do, actually. Oh, good, okay. One of them is Curtis Chen. Oh, Curtis Chen is awesome. Yeah. And A.T. Greenblatt. Oh, okay, yeah. Who I just spoke with for the first time like a week ago. Yeah. And a writer from Ottawa named Rebecca Garcia. Rebecca Garcia. I don't She's know a Rebecca. an emerging writer. Oh, cool. 
And our performer guest is Kraken Not Stirred. Nice. I have no idea what that is, but I'm in. Do you know Mike Bryan? It's him. Not off the top of my head. I don't know if he comes to CanCon. He's like another Toronto area geek music oh, yeah. guy. Maybe. Now I say I'm going to be horrified now. If, if, like <laughs> He's listening to this and he's like, I know who you are. <laughs> I will say, though, one thing that I do want for ephemera. Yeah. Is I want it, and I've said this on Twitter, I want it to outlast my relevancy. Mm, yeah, yes. I was I was just thinking like that would be the real test for what we've been talking about like with CanCon growing and maintaining the same culture and like the culture you've established with ephemera. Mm -hmm. The real test would be if like you can quit. Yeah, and it continues bad. to be the same after, or like mm -hmm. if you know in next year when Brandon and I and Derek and Brie all quit CanCon. Yeah, that's a plan. Uh, if if CanCon continues to be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, or if it grows into an even better thing, because for ephemera, what or I was better. getting at, yeah, was I mean, I love it. I want to do it for a long time, but I know that the day's gonna come when I'm out of touch, mm -hmm. when I'm not really relevant to the conversation that's happening anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and when that happens, not if, when mm -hmm. my hope is that it's still around, so that we can hand the reins off to some cool, like upcoming writer who's you know part of that conversation and and is better positioned to uplift that next generation that's then coming up mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think because at some point we're not going to be the best people to run it and yeah. i know that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i mean i'm hoping that's like way down the road not like imminently um but yeah when that day comes when i too am old <laughs> um yeah i want to i want to pass it off to mm -hmm. like the new crop. Yeah. That will be so cool. And then they'll do cool things with it. Yeah. And would you still, would like, this is obviously like we're looking far into the future. I hope it's like many years in the future, yeah. but yes. Would, would, would you like, would you still go? Would you be like in the audience watching it unfold or would you like fade away completely and, and not show up? Um, right off into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> um, go into the West. I mean, I hope I'm one of the writers who stays cool as they get old. Like, I hope I'm a writer that can still change and grow with mm. the times, right? Mm -hmm. And and keep up with the conversation even if I'm no longer actively contributing to it. Mm -hmm. Which I guess is a long-winded way of saying I would like to be able to come. Okay. <laughs> that is certainly my hope. Um, but again, it's also sort of this thing of if it if it is in the series' best interest, too. Mm -hmm. Well, I think yeah. what you said before, Brandon, about like worrying about, you know, as it grows, um, staying staying true to, you know, what what we had intended when we started it. Mm -hmm. um, like, yes, it, it we might lose sight of some things, but we also might have. I think I'm saying we, as as the community grows and I don't know time marches on um it, it can also get better because oh, yeah. there are you know and, and it, it will and it should I hope it does um so even if we you know quote unquote lose sight I can't do air quotes on a podcast but um lose sight of <laughs> of some things that were there when it started 
ideally they'll be replaced with other better things mm. when when the new people take over. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't have had, say, so many, I don't want to say so many, um, like queer stuff and gender stuff wasn't part of the conversation 10, 20 years ago. Right. And now it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think 10, 20 years ago, I'm sure some people would have thought, but like, I just wonder what the conversation will be in another 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I bet accessibility wasn't really... Yeah. It wasn't really a uh, thing, and now it is. Yeah. Like we, we seem to be continually growing, which is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and right. I, I, hope, I hope it didn't sound like I was discouraging growth with the con, oh, yeah. was what I said before. <laughs> no, um, but like it's also, I mean, I hear your point, though. It's something that worries me a little bit sometimes. Right now, Ephemera is just two people, right? Two people yeah. running a thing, yeah. and we have it down to a pretty slick science at this point, I think, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jen and I. Uh, I mean, we've discussed what to do if it gets big enough that we need to bring someone else on. But like yeah. that would that would change things. It would yeah. change the tone. It would change the flow. It would change the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm I'm fully prepped for that day to come, but I'm also a little nervous about it, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we figured how this works with us. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I hear that. Like I I and, I, I, I oh sorry, go ahead. Let me try. And it's gonna say, yeah, again, uh, not discouraging growth if it's in the the best interest of the series and the best interest of us as individuals, then yeah, absolutely bring it on. But like, it'll be different. And that's sometimes that's a little scary. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I will freely admit that, like I was terrified joining the ConCom, like when Evan and I started whatever, seven years ago, whatever it was. Um, I don't think it was that long actually. What, five, six? Five, I think. Well, well sure, okay, five. Um, like, I, like I was terrified at the time and I'm still terrified, but um, like I was, when Derek said to us, okay, we've gotten big enough that we need to expand the, the programming team. I was nervous because I, I, cause it was, it was Derek, like at that point, Evan and I were, you know, we weren't anywhere near what I was considering sort of like management level. And so it was kind of Derek's like, okay, I'm going to bring these couple of people. Um, and, and I had never met Courtney and Aaron before. And I was like, I have no idea what this is like. I, I'm assuming it's going to be good because I trust Derek's judgment, but I had like, I have no idea. And it turned out amazingly. Um, and so you would think <laughs> that after that, um, I, I would be okay. But then like we expanded the programming team again and I was still a little nervous again, even knowing who we were bringing in. Cause like, like we brought in um, like, like Phoebe and, and David and, and Millie um, who I, I had been awesome. So and, and, and I knew they were going to be awesome. Like, cause I'd met them before. Like I knew these people before they were coming onto the team and, but mm-hmm. I was still a little nervous just because of that. Like, well, okay, now your workflow, it's is cha- your workflow is changing. That's it. Just because you you don't know it, right? And yeah. if you're like, well, I know that what I have works and I yeah. don't know about this new thing. It could be great. Or, and like, you assume it's going to be great. You're going to yeah. do your best to make it great, but. Yeah, that's it. But honestly, like I said, I think I said to the two of you um, when, uh, like we were chatting last time, um, I, I already feel that irrelevance, like creeping behind me somewhere, like every year. Like, I'm like, okay, like, and, and I think I, and I'm the thing that concerns me, because I thought about it after we were talking last time is I'm worried that I won't realize when I'm not relevant anymore or, or, or when I'm not relevant in the same way. Like, you I hope will. I'll still, if you're paying attention, you will. I hope so, but you know, but I don't, I don't know for sure. Right. And that's the part that scares me. Cause you can do, I think if like not realizing that you can do so much damage with like, without real, and that, and I, that's the last thing I would ever want to do. Um, and so like that, like I, you gotta, I, like I'm ever so careful 
just to make sure like i would rather do like say say and do nothing than accidentally do something wrongly yeah I, I i think for for me it would be um i i would be afraid if i if i ever stopped listening mm-hmm. yeah because right now like i i do want to listen and i i enjoy doing that because that's the best way to learn um but if i ever get to a point where i'm like eh, i don't want to hear this anymore mm-hmm. that that's that's the well for, for me that's the red flag yeah yeah i don't really care about this anymore i don't yeah. really want to hear what these people are saying mm-hmm. or it's it's good enough oh god yeah I good enough who cares another red flag yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it's tough like like there's moments where i like i, I honestly i've steered close to good enough because sometimes like especially with like with camcon there's things that are out of our control right and i'm not okay. and which is i'm not excusing it but i know i've steered close but, to that and that scares okay, me but too. brendan i would i would argue that there's a difference between doing your best and good mm. enough mm-hmm. so like i mean ephemeris had it too we've had tech glitches and we've had things oh yeah happen and we've done our best Mm. right so it's like ah this is you know not the ideal outcome that we wanted but given the circumstances that we found ourselves in this was the best right right we did we did the best job we could mm-hmm. and that's a different thing than ah that's it's whatever is good enough right okay you know yeah i think i think when like eh, it's good enough happens is when i think people get tired and i understand why yeah it's mm-hmm. it's hard yeah it's, it's constant work yeah to non-stop make sure you're listening to um you know reduce the harm reduce the unintentional harm that you might be doing it's mm-hmm. a constant task you, yeah. you you have to do all the time right and and i can like not that i condone it or anything but i can see why people get tired mm-hmm. and they're like okay this is just gonna have to be somebody else's problem Oh yeah. No, I get that. Like, like, well, I mean, like, you know, Courtney and Evan saw this last year, like, you know, running an event is tiring and, and you reach a point where it's like, okay, I don't know if I like, I don't know if I have the bandwidth to, to yeah. deal with everything in a way that, that it needs to be dealt with appropriately. That right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I had to do starting late last summer and it hasn't really ended for me. I just realized I'm not doing a good job. Like I am just reading emails and like, skimming them and saying this looks fine send and like okay this is not this is not good and so I had a conversation with Brandon and and Derek and Marie and was like I don't know what you want to do but I'm not being a good teammate and they were like yeah take a break come back later Mm. which is very cool of them um yeah Yeah. but uh yeah I mean fortunately I recognized that I was not I, I wasn't being a good teammate but um I'm sorry yeah, that you I mean, were dealing with that. Hogs? <laughs> Hogs! Across the Zoom? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, because that's, I mean, like, it's it's tough to recognize that. And, and but, but you know, smart to do before you go on, like, a Twitter rampage or something. <laughs> yeah, before I mean, it turns into bitterness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You don't want the resentment yeah. creeping in. Yeah, but that's but I assumed I would be irrelevant before I was resentful. Um, I guess that actually bodes well <laughs> for how I feel about ephemera. And it's interesting because like, I don't know, I've had a weird thing sometimes about admitting how much work ephemera is like in public. I mean, like y'all are my friends. I will 
say that it's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, sometimes yeah. it's, yeah, I don't know. And I think I was thinking about this mm. um, and it was kind of prompted actually by a tweet from Primi Muhammad mm. um, where she, it was very nice, right? She was talking about, oh, let's all take a moment and appreciate ephemera because they're great and they'll look after their people and yeah, I saw that. You know, they work really hard and all that stuff. And it was really, really touching. And I was humbled and it was all the things. Um, but my first instinct, right, was to do the whole, oh, but it's not, it's not us, it's you. And I realized I was like, first of all, that's really disingenuous. Um, because it's like someone had to make this thing. Um, and it happened to be the two of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the other thing too, is it, it does kind of dodge accountability if you put it on them. Um, or like it's ephemera is all the people who come and it's like, yes, that is that is true. But I've realized it's a bit like throwing a house party. Mm-hmm. Um, the party is no fun if jerk people come, right? Yeah. Like if all your friends come and all these cool, awesome people come and everyone's nice and everyone has a good time, then yeah, it's a fun party. But you could have the best people in the world. And if we have a house with faulty wiring and there's a fire or we didn't check the fridges and all the food went off and everyone's got food poisoning. Like that's not a fun party. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible party. That's a dangerous party. Um, so yeah, it's like, no, like the buck does stop with us. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like, we, we, do, between... we do have to take a certain amount of ownership over the event to keep it safe. And I think, I think where it comes from, for us is this really, I don't know, intrinsic fear of being a cult of personality. Oh, interesting. Because that's not what ephemera is. Yeah. Um, it is It is not the KTN Gen show. Um, mm-hmm. We have never wanted it to be that. We never want it to go that way. Um, which I think is a reaction to like other events we've seen where, <laughs> where that's happened. Um, but yeah, like that's always been our thing. The spotlight is not on us. The spotlight is on the readers and the performers. People do not tune in every month to see us. Um, but I think, I think you have to be careful because if you go too far with that, then yeah, if something goes wrong, like it, it is on you. It is our event. We do run it and make mm-hmm. these decisions about, about our house rules. Mm-hmm. And the kind of behavior that we do and do not allow at this event. Um, so yeah, that was that was the thing I was thinking about, where it's almost a weird form of imposter syndrome, I guess. How so? Um, but well, well, that thing of like, oh, like it's not me that makes this event good, right? Um, and it's certainly not only us. But again, it's really disingenuous to say that things like our enforcement of our code of conduct and and our intentions that are baked into the series. It's disingenuous to say that those don't contribute to. Mm. Um, just, just while you've been talking, I've been thinking about the exciting scandal that's been playing out <laughs> just now around <laughs> this very this very issue and and a major con, which perhaps I should not name in case they're feeling litigious, but where they've had <laughs> this exact issue of, of like, who are you inviting into your space? And what does this then send to other people who, okay, well, if those people are there, I don't feel safe and I can't, I can't be there. Mm-hmm. I, and it is a huge responsibility. And, and I know Brandon, you and I have talked about this, that we feel that with, with CanCon, uh, at least to an extent, because I mean, we tell people 
actively, this is an inclusive space. This is mm -hmm. a safe space. Please come. And I think there is a responsibility then that it, if we're telling people this is a safe, inclusive space, it better actually be. Yeah. Because if you, if you tell someone it is and then they show up and it's full of Nazis or something, then, I mean, whatever, whatever upset or, or harm that causes is at least partly on you because mm -hmm. you said it was safe. Yeah. yeah. I think we're in this, like this really interesting position right now where rightfully so um, like the community at large and, and oh, Guinness, <laughs> you can't hear me because you're wearing headphones. Um, <laughs> anyway i'm sorry the, the only reason that's so funny and and um once again this is fantastic for our our totally. massive audience you must have done that at least 10 times with my cats oh yeah where you've been talking to my cats and then you're like oh no wait they can't hear me one of those things like evan you'll get up um, and yeah. I'll start, I'll keep babbling. Oh, wait, no, it's, yeah, no, the cats, they can't hear me. Yeah. But yes, it's a particularly interesting yeah, position. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, no, I think, yeah, like as a community, and, and I say, and when I say community, I mean, because I know that the SF community is vast. So like, like when I say community, I mean, you know, people that are, you know, actually like fighting for inclusion and, and you know, trying to be welcoming and, and, you know, kind of the positive aspects, positive aspects of the community. Because I know that's not everybody in the wide community of SF, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, yes, Guinness. But no, I think we're, we're, we're in a really interesting position right now, and especially in the last year, where I think the community has finally gotten like past the tipping point of being fed up with a certain amount of BS from every event. Yes. And mm -hmm. so it's and so it's like, and I think so rightfully so, every event um, is kind of on notice in that that like, and there are a variety of things that that nobody's going to stand for anymore. Whether it's you know having Nazis at your con, which is kind of huge. Um, or something like pronunciation of names and pronouns, which are also very, very important. Like, like it, there's a whole bunch of different things that have come up in the last year or so that, and I think it, it's, I'm glad. But what I'm curious from my, like to see is what's gonna happen with all of kind of like the legacy cons, the ones that have been around for a really long time, are they gonna step up and change or are they gonna, you know, go extinct and become dinosaurs and it'll be newer events like you know like Fiacon, like like the like and they will now be the ones and, and ephemera as well i would include in this that are going to step okay. up and, and be Augur, the, i would also include oh augur con absolutely right Augur -Con. like, like um, renaissance yeah, con, like, I mean, like like these sorts of events right for me it's sort of like i mean i hope that the legacy cons step up i do too but, but if they don't i'm almost not terribly fussed because because we mm. have we have better options yeah so I'm, it is sort of a i don't know shape up or yeah or people are going to vote with their feet yeah as it should be um, yeah i think a lot of it has to do with uh trust yeah. which is something that i i thought about a lot this year um just based on a lot of people talking and saying that this is an inclusive space. We want your voice, blah, blah, blah. And uh, dropping the ball on really, some really basic stuff that, um, you know, makes it hard for people who have 
historically been excluded to put their trust in whether it's a you know a new a new space or a legacy space because how can you tell how can you trust that they're going to follow through on mm-hmm. all of these great things that they say mm-hmm. um, there was a um, a zoom bombing except it wasn't a zoom bombing there's there's very basic stuff that you can do to prevent random people from mm-hmm. coming into your your zoom session i don't know why this was so hard for people to grasp Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like the people who like if you're setting up a, a public event do your research anyway um yeah no I, like there was somebody for one of our our CanCon line events and i forget who it was like asked ahead of time oh like the zoom is going to be like secure like no one else can enter yes. is it i'm like yeah obviously yep. like why mm-hmm. would yeah obviously like... except that it's not obvious to yeah. everyone apparently and and um it, this was this was an event that happened a while ago but it, it kind of got wrecked um, by this incredibly offensive uh, intruder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, cool. So you like kind of wrecked this, this person's like debut launch because the, you know, the organizers, I don't know, didn't think to put a password on their Zoom. <laughs> um, so like, you know, like people can talk a lot, but your your actions over the course of however long you exist um it really it really shows are you building up trust in the community are you breaking it are you like how is that thread going and why should the people you say you want at the table why why should they trust you why should they be like well i guess i'll risk being you know i'll I'll risk this you know social violence to be part of this community it's always going to be a risk and i think the the big job is to um i don't know, find ways that you can build that trust as like mm-hmm. as a as an organization um building the trust with the the community you want to be um a part of your organization and i think about um ephemera a lot uh in that it was designed in a way like from from every single i've said this before i think i but you built this to jen a little while ago um every facet of it um choosing an inclusive space that is queer friendly and accessible um every you know every event starts the land acknowledgement and just the you know the people you choose um it's you can tell, and, and I think like all those little steps build up trust. And even in, in places that, you know, maybe had some rocky things happen, as things change, I, I think, I mean, I hope you can still build up trust again. It, it takes a while, yeah. uh, a lot of effort, but hopefully you can do it. Showing, well, I think it's something that we've heard in different contexts, but there's no, there's no reconciliation without accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the the first step, because I, I would like to think that that trust can be rebuilt. Like like you said, I think it takes a long time and I think it's yeah. really hard. But yeah, I think I think the first step, which for a lot of people is the hardest one, is is owning the harm that you caused. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and like I mean, thank you for all of those lovely things <laughs> you just said about ephemera, but even as you're saying them, like I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah, but we can't get complacent. And that's the other thing where it's like, yeah, you know, like we, 
I mean, we do our best. Yeah. Um, and we like, we tried to think of a lot of things in advance. And like when, when we had to go virtual with COVID, like um, basically tried to figure out all of the ways that our event could be broken right. and then work to prevent that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, we're not going to get it perfect, mm-hmm. but it's, it's trying to figure out how to mitigate the harm and, and how to, how to make it as right as it can be after. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I don't really have any, nothing comes to mind about, um, places that have made giant missteps and somehow come back from it. Yeah. Well, I think there's that thing about, I mean, owning the harm a lot of them just don't yeah yeah they go radio silent or they gaslight or they victim blame yeah make a quick apology Um, and assume that it'll all blow over and yeah or they do like this really well so that's the thing though it's like you can do all the performative apologies you want Mm -hmm. um but if there's no actual concrete lasting change after that and like i know i've seen this on an individual level yeah for people who have fucked up, like, say things that sound good, but it's what you do after that. And a lot of them just don't do anything. Yeah, once, mm-hmm. you, once you betray trust, you have to, like, build it back up from scratch. Mm-hmm. Knowing it may never get to the same level again as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes it's just you can get a level of trust back, but it's, it might not be the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's part, that's part of why I, like, I, I think that, I, I use the term legacy con, I don't know if that, that's the correct term, but like the con's have been around for a long time. Um, I don't, like honestly, I, based on what I've seen of that, like the performative apologies and the not really doing anything. And then like, like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not optimistic about them. Katie, why are you waving your arms? Because I have a thing to say, but you finish. Oh, no, I, I just, I'm, I, it is one of the rare things in this world that I'm not optimistic about. So, um, I think I think this is a case too where intention and motivation really matters because are you are you apologizing because you actually feel remorse for what you did and you want to make that harm better mm-hmm. or because you want you want to look good so basically is it about you or is it about the injured party right um, is it about making it right or or is it about saving your butt right. And if it's about the latter, of course you're not going to change because you don't think you did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is played out in CIFWA forums. And mm-hmm. maybe maybe we'll cut that bit out. It's played out in <laughs> forums. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of a very specific example, but like... Right, but it happens, like, like it happens has, all has over. Had indi- and it's, we've had it's individuals that like that, right? Like Yeah, and you have organizations like that and oh. you, have, you have venues and publications like that mm. where you know, they, they get called out. They want to save their business and their brand and they do this whole thing, but because, but because they don't actually think that they've done wrong or understand what they did wrong. Um, of course nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Like, again, it's, it's that concrete commitment to change that Mm -hmm. has to follow a harm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, and like to an extent, and and again, to a to a slim extent, I get it. In in terms of like, like 
you know, when, when you're, when you perceive that your community has changed and, and again, your community hasn't actually changed. You're just more aware of it than you were um, to be clear, but, but you perceive that things are changing around you. Like, like, you know, and, and you have to make that sort of like mental switch in your brain, like to be more cognizant of something. I get it. It like involves work and, you know, and involves effort involved, and, and it's tiring. Like I, I can kind of see that doesn't mean don't do it. Like, just like people are like, I think people just like, they come up against this wall of like, oh, I'm not, I don't really understand this. I don't think I will understand it. I'm just gonna like, instead of pushing through that to understand. And that's the part that bugs me is like, you like put a little bit of effort in, please, for the love of God. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. Well, yeah, um, I think it also comes down to who, who do you serve? Yeah. Is it you or is it the people around you? That's and well, that, yeah, and that's why I think like like Courtney was saying, that's why ephemera is effective, and that's that's what I think we try to do with CanCon. Like like I've I've said before that you know, like like if people didn't show up for CanCon, we wouldn't have a CanCon. So like, you know, it's kind of we're, like we serve the, yeah. the people. I'm making these really wide arms. <laughs> yeah, and like it's it's that kind of paradox that we we're talking about before, where yeah, we serve the people. Ephemera is its community. Yeah, but and not ah. but and. Um, and the buck stops with us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the policies that we intentionally created. Mm -hmm. Um, so if one of them, like if one of those policies fails and it fucks up, that that is on us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Courtney, you looked at the thought a second ago and then I just kept talking. Yeah, I, I just like, um, I, I'm really glad that I know all of you guys. <laughs> um, hey, I'm glad that I know. I'm glad that I know. <laughs> But, but I, you know, I tend to notice, I'm like, wow, isn't it great that we all agree on this? Not everybody does. Yeah. I keep unpleasantly remembering that not everybody thinks this way. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. everybody is like, gee, this are, are, you know, like we're working for other people. This is not about our ego. Like mm -hmm. this is, you know, we, we want to reduce harm. Some people just don't care. <laughs> I know uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> Yep. Well, and not not in not even in like a hateful way, just in a like, why does this matter? That's uh, a scary and, thing when they don't understand why yeah. something matters mm -hmm. or why something is wrong. Yeah. And it's tough. Like I like I I remember the, there there was an interaction at CanCon, um, and I won't name the names of anybody who was involved, but um, it was the year that it was the first year that um, we uh, we had um, convinced the Sheraton. Um, to have uh, gender neutral washrooms on the, the area of the hotel that we were using for the con. And um, I was walking past um, our, like the registration desk and, and there was somebody there who was like basically complaining about the fact that the washrooms are gender neutral. And it was obvious that it came from a point of that this individual just didn't understand it and didn't want to understand. And the volunteer who was speaking to this person, bless them, was like was very calm very collected and just trying to explain okay but well, this is why we're doing it trying to explain the whole rationale behind it and this person just wasn't hearing it and then eventually just kind of like stomped off and i'm and, and i'm right i'm watching this and i'm like okay this is this is a person in our space but you can't like you there are certain people you can't get through to unfortunately um when i was at a registration desk when we still had that um <laughs> which we will again someday <laughs> um <laughs> in 2025 <laughs> Um, sitting there with Aaron and, uh, you know, like giving out the badges and stuff. And that was, that was just fun. Cause like got mm. to see everybody. Um, but, and we had our pronoun stickers and, um, 
of course you should never you know force people to wear pronoun stickers but um I was like hey like feel free to take a pronoun sticker and most people uh were like oh cool and because that's our crowd um and there was honestly just one one person who was like oh okay and made this kind of face and actually did not say okay (laughs) it was a something a little stronger well no just like just like a very disdainful like you know eye roll and like yeah sure whatever Mm um and I just I don't think that person will come back Mm. I I think that you know like you know it's their choice or whatever but um to scoff at pronoun stickers um but also, I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they're gonna have a good time here. But that's the thing, though. Like, it's like it's that sort of paradox of tolerance. Like, you yeah. want to be inclusive, but that doesn't mean including non-inclusive people. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, it's not like this person did anything like rude in particular. But um, I was like, oh, like, buddy, if you think that way, you're probably not gonna enjoy yourself here, and this might not be the con for you. The thing is the house rules, right? It's yeah, the it's the expectation that you set straight mm-hmm. off the bat. And if they're not, you know, if it's not their jam, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not forcing them to attend. Yeah. I think all we can do is like, you know, offer like with this person yeah. you're talking about, Brandon, to explain and to try and find some way to help. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's, also, there's also like rewarding uh, and... Uh, not not really rewarding, but like whether or not there are consequences for the way you yeah. act. So in in some spaces, um, there will be people who are not very nice, but but they get you know the center spot at the table, mm, and yep. there's there's optics on that. People know that like this person kind of sucks and they're kind of creepy or gross but you know they wrote this best-selling book so whatever yep. um yep. and they're like if there are no consequences and if there are in fact rewards i guess <laughs> um for just existing mm-hmm. um then yeah I, I think people see that and they're like mm-hmm. oh okay it's that kind of space yeah oh yeah I realized that February was my last in-person ephemera last oh, year. Oh, yeah. Because I was away in March. I was a harbinger of things to come by appearing as a robot. Yeah, yeah. you were a robot. Yeah. Did you get, you had a, an in-person ephemera in March? We did because it was March 5th because we were still, oh, right. we were still the first Wednesday of the month at that point. And right. then we did not have an event in April. And then we returned online in on the third Wednesday of the month in May because right we took the spot yes you did <laughs> I love how can I like the thing like and uh, the thing that honestly bothers me and is and that I, people can't see my smirk <laughs> no I well, obviously everyone's uh, how do I do a screenshot no it, no the thing that honestly bothers me is that I think and I think we all walk like walk around with this here like like we're talking about like you know, situations that have come up at cons and we're talking about, and we all know who we're talking about. And I don't feel comfortable naming any names because I don't want to get sued. I don't want it partly because I'm like, I'm not the head of my particular con. 
and I know that anything I like and and, and it bothers yeah, and me like that that's I'm, the case and like I yeah and that. like I'm flying solo like if Jen was here it would be different but yeah yeah. Just, yeah, just it bother it because I know exactly who I'm talking about, and and you can't right for reasons, and and that it drives me nuts that that. that um, but I, but yeah, I understand we, why, but we, it just drives me nuts. We came back in May, so it was a weird thing yeah. when we'd had more online events than we had in person events. That was a weird threshold to cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, yeah, this year being like, whoa, a year ago was my last in person ephemera. Yeah, that must be weird. It was very weird. I, that was actually my favorite in-person ephemera, though. <laughs> because by fun? February, no, hear me out. So by February, like, we'd done it a bunch of times. So, like, we... Yeah, you'd done... Mostly, we'd figured it out. We started yeah. in November. Yeah, okay, November, yeah. December, January, February. It was our fourth one. We'd, like, kind of figured out how this thing worked. Yeah. That's four, Evan, just so you know. Sorry, that's that's a joke. Courtney, Courtney read. Oh, was so that was that February was, yours? Oh, that's yeah, awesome. great. And it was like a really strong lineup. It was Courtney and Tanya Leibard and Lex Beckett. Oh, yeah. And Maroki, the opera, the rock opera singer. Um, So that was awesome. And then we went out after and Courtney was there. And she and me and Avi and Sienna were all at a table having alcohol. And it was just a really good night. It was like a solid ephemera where everything worked. And I felt like I felt like we were getting a groove. Mm. And then COVID happened. (laughs) Yep. COVID is the worst, basically, is what it comes down to. It is the worst. I mean, I'm quite proud of our pivot, though, to be honest. Oh, you've done phenomenally. Like, Um, like it doesn't feel like you've lost a step at all. Yeah, I mean, we had to figure out how online work, but I think we figured that out quite quickly. Um, And in terms of community, because I know that's kind of our theme here. We have a theme. I was told. I mean, I might have like a camera has a theme. Just made that up. <laughs> nice. um, but uh, yeah, we started introducing the like audience participation. Yes. Thing. <laughs> we talked about how how useful that is as an engagement tool. Because yes. I've, I've been to a lot of a lot surprisingly of uh, t- of um, virtual conventions, and it's easy to just be the fly in the wall. You're, you're basically just watching videos. And most of the time that's kind of all I can handle. But um, the reason that you wanna be there is like in the moment at the right time, rather than watching the recording later is because there's this sense that all the people that you know, or maybe recognize, or you, you just like, they're in your vicinity um they're all here online at this moment and they're hearing what you're hearing and you can type in the chat and it it becomes dare i say an ephemeral thing but um (laughs) of 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 being in the youtube (laughs) chat and sharing something that's just for that hour yeah you know what i mean like you can't access it after that um, and the the interactivity, the like the audience participation is, I, I think it's something that that sets it apart from. Well, our intention was we wanted some we wanted basically for people to have a reason to tune in at the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. We wanted we wanted there to be a reason that you wouldn't just catch the recording later. Because I mean, I'll be honest, what happened was like by uh, July ish, um, our numbers are dropping. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, well, people, tired. people are tired and people aren't engaged. So what, what can we do? And we're like, what, what we're missing is that between author chatter, right? Because we used to be at Glad Day Bookshop. So in between the different readers, people would go get stuff from the bar and they'd talk and mingle and see their friends and network. And it was like, okay, well, well, we can't do that right now. And we can't just like turn the chat loose for five minutes because that doesn't work quite the same. Um, so yeah, so we started doing the, the audience participation thing to be like, okay, you, you can catch the recording after, of course, but it's really better to just come to the event when it happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, do you guys remember like live TV? <laughs> um, the, the whole like, <laughs> when- Like as a concept? TV, yeah, when TV yeah. shows used to be on once a week. Oh yeah, you had to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, that. if you miss yep. it, you're you're not going to be able to talk about it at school or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that that was yeah. my childhood. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think we're is. all pretty much the same age, right? Yeah. Let's talk about it. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah, but I remember that, and it's like, yeah, sometimes you could find a rerun or you could tape it, but like, it's not it's not the same. Yeah, DVR um, or whatever when that was a thing. Yeah, and like I don't know, I find a lot of my museum programming coming in with uh, mm-hmm. the audience participation thing because yeah, yeah. okay so like sorry we're gonna get into like a whole whack of theory if that's okay everything goes it's fine okay yes. so like you've been on this podcast before right <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know um but yeah so like one of the one of the most important things for me is is the idea of meaningful choice mm. so like the audience like because we often do like vote on X, Y, or Z, or choose your own adventure, or whatever. Choose your own adventure was awesome. They're really hard to write. Every time I write them, I'm like, I remember why I hate these. <laughs> you have a little choice of games thing going off in the back of your choice head. Of games, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, I love writing choice of games games. But good, I... good pivot. <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, like it actually affects the story actually makes a difference we Mm. actually take your votes and it it changes the course of the night Mm -hmm. um so that's important is giving the audience agency um it's tricky because we are in a locked zoom that streams out to youtube so we have the chat and we've got twitter but you cannot be in the zoom with us um so it needs to be something that can be done in a chat Mm -hmm. Um, it can't rely too heavily on visuals um, because like you can share screens, but it's hard um, and it breaks the flow. Um, it has to be fast because again, the focus is not us. We can't turn it into an hour and a half long event. Um, and then, I mean, I, I don't watch the chat um, during the show. Jen watches it and we've got moderators and I do Twitter. That's that's how that breakdown works. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a gen- Evan in chat says nothing important happens in the chat. <laughs> All the important things happen in the chat. Peanut um, gallery in the chat. But yeah, so it's it's a tricky. It's it's an interesting challenge to get something that is engaging and that has meaningful choice. Um, that has a variety of different ways to participate. Also, like because you guys are not in the zoom with us we can't do like a breakout room 
right. and have you figure something out in small groups. So it's like, it kind of needs to be individual, but also like a mass collective in a chat. Um, and yes, as a former museum programmer, I'm, I'm having a delightful time, actually. It's good to keep those muscles stretched. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they're working. I mean, that was kind of the whole hope with them mm-hmm. was that it, it would give people a reason to tune in. Yeah, no, I think it works really well because like part of like, again, my big thing going to events, like like going to reading events and, and going to whatever is honest, like no disrespect to anybody. I'm, like I'm not necessarily there to see the reading. I'm there to be part of the community. Yeah, um, and, totally and so yeah, that. yeah. So adding that dimension, I think, is is perfect because then like like every time I come to Ephemera, um, I feel like I'm sitting in you know in Glad Day with all of these people in the chat and and, and shooting the shit and 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 it's because of you have those little bits in between. Um, yeah, and you can vote on where to look for your friend. Yeah, you can name your friends. Yeah. But I find, and I don't know, Courtney, maybe your experience has been, has been different. Like, I haven't done a, a ton of virtual cons. Like, I did, well, we both did the, the Nebulas in May or whenever the hell that was. And then and then I did Fiacon. And, and they, were, they were both, like, I had a good time at both. But um, I didn't, it didn't satisfy my need to interact with people. Like, like at the Nebulas, I like, we did, a, you know, like, the, the CanCon people who were there, you know, we hung out in our own little Zoom room for a little bit. And then I tried to get into the, the big public Zoom and, and I, I couldn't get in for it was it was tech issues like it wasn't anything to do with them and and so whatever and then I ended up like Santa and Avi were there and so like we again private zoom and just kind of hung out for like an hour and a half and so I didn't get the experience of you know you go into the bar and you see all these little pockets of people and you can okay, see Katie and she's busy she doesn't want to talk to me and so I'll, I'll go over here and never too busy for you Brandon <laughs> no I know I'm just easy um but but yeah but like it, it's it's not it's nowhere near the same and so I kind of was like eh and so I don't know how many virtual cons I'm going to do, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to do the Nebulas and ReaderCon, apparently. Um, oh, is Re- really? ReaderCon is, I haven't heard anything about ReaderCon. I got an invite, so I was like, Yeah, but you've, okay. done Re- you've done ReaderCon before. I only attended ReaderCon, so I don't count. You count. You're cool. What the hell I do. <laughs> you do. You just counted to four, like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Okay, you're not wrong. So ReaderCon is virtual then, I guess. Yes. Okay. Brandon, you're my friend. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're speaking about you. friendship. Thank um, you, yeah, I just did a virtual con recently. And yeah, you know, Well, I'd like to say there are no more skeletal deer out there, but there are. And we're just going to have to learn to coexist now that our guests are gone. We had a wonderful time talking with our fellow survivors today. So thank you to Katie and Courtney for joining us here in our underground safe haven. We'd also like to thank local musician Chris Kesner for providing our intro and outro music and our sound editor June Park for bringing this episode to completion. But especially thanks to all you survivors out there for joining us for our conversation today. Stay safe, pet all your skeletal animals, and we'll look forward to reaching you again with our next broadcast from the Wasteland.